Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome into the South End Zone Podcast. I am your host, Hunter, joined alongside by my longtime friend and military companion, Jason Bailey, hailing from North Alabama. I'm hailing from Southwest Louisiana. Uh, This is our pilot episode. What this podcast is going to be about is just two guys talking college football, all leagues. We are biased to our certain teams, and we're going to let you know that right out of the gate. But we're going to cover the entire football landscape. Um, But before we get into that, I'm going to introduce Jason Bailey. Jason, welcome to the pot. Man, I'm glad to be here. What's up, bro? How you doing? A little tired. A little tired. Um, been a long weekend. Wife's out of town visiting some some friends and family, and I've got dad duty. So, oh God, I'm I'm running on E. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you poor bastard. All my dads out there know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, we're both a father of a shit ton of kids, and. uh I feel you. Did you guys have a busy fourth? We kind of did it a few days before I had to work, so. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, all the same. Some people have to work for a living. <laughs> God, I know. I wasn't even able to like enjoy much alcohol or anything like that. It was all pretty much like, oh, I got to drive home, got a bunch of kids. It wasn't very fun. So. Yeah. So, me personally, I'm an LSU fan. Uh, follow SEC very heavy. I know, Jason, you follow it as well. Obviously, he's an Alabama fan, and we forgive him for that, but well, most of us do, <laughs> well, unless we're playing him. Usually, the first week or two in November, I hate him, Well, and you know, sometimes a few weeks after. Well, it's gone both ways recently, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm, yeah, I'm obviously going to be a little bit biased to my team, but I'm also not one of those guys that's going to sit here and tell you how great Alabama is all the time, because you know I'd rather just like let the play speak for itself, if you will. You might as well have just said it. What a dick. (laughs) Well, so this is our pilot episode. It's going to be a shorter episode. We just want to get this out there. And what we're going to be talking about today is what's really trending in the college football landscape. Everybody's talking about it. Playoff expansion. Uh, Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What's the pros and cons? If it were to happen, what's the collateral damage here? What are the things that we haven't thought about? What are the things that can come out to bite us later on that was like, what what were we thinking? Because, you know, this, this kind of stuff happens when you make major changes to the, to the college football landscape. Jason is playoff expansion, good or bad in your opinion? Well, I'll preface it by saying that let's not pretend it's about anything other than what it's really about. And it's about money, TV money, more games, more TV money for watching all those games. That's what it's about. That's why the people that are in charge of it are in favor of it, because it's going to bring more money in. Now, outside of that, I don't think there's any way possible that you can expand it without sacrificing something on the back end. And what I mean by that is the regular season, you know, perfect example, 
the last game of the season using my own team if Alabama and Auburn are playing and it's one versus three, say. It doesn't really matter who wins or loses because they're both going to end up in the playoffs and get another shot at it. Whereas if it's one versus three, you know, whoever loses could be out of the top four and be done. So is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I guess it depends on whether or not you feel how hard it should be to get into the playoff. Uh, playoffs? Yeah. Um, the, my, my current beef with the, with the, the system as it stands now is I don't think that four slots are really enough, you know, to, to say that, yeah, we, for sure, we have, we have, we have the right team in here. We have the team that deserves to go to the national championship and, and be crowned the national champion. I mean, you've got so many schools and you have five power conferences, yet you only have four spots for the playoffs. I think now for this to happen, like you said, you've got to give something up on the back end. To me, we have to get rid of these these powder puff teams, man. We have to get rid of these these pay to play me schools. Like you know, uh, LSU and McNeese, they have a game scheduled this year. Uh, McNeese is going to get paid a whole bunch of money to come to Baton Rouge and play them, which it's a great experience for the McNeese football team. Don't get me wrong; uh, my nephew plays for the for McNeese. Um, he's really excited about going to LSU and playing, and it's good for their team. That's going to help them get better. But does LSU really need to be playing those games? I mean, do they really need to be putting their athletes on the on the field? risking injuries against McNeese State. Absolutely not. They don't. Now, it does suck for those teams because those kids lose that experience. And, you know, like you said, it's a great experience for them. It sucks that they lose it. And it sucks that the university loses that money, you know, because a large part of their athletic budget comes from those proceeds. But you're right. Those games need to get eliminated. And you could, you know, Saban for a long time has been a proponent of the SEC going to a non-conference game schedule, you know, and I personally loved the COVID year schedule where it was 10 SEC games. I, I loved that. Now, I do like non-conference games. I, I don't like neutral site games, to be clear, but I do think the powder puff teams need to absolutely be eliminated from the schedule. Yeah. I don't even enjoy watching them, to be honest. I mean, I've watched LSU football as long as I can remember. And, you know, I'll, I'll check it on my phone, check the score, and I might watch the first quarter of it, but I, it's just not entertaining. So uh, to me, they can't be losing that much TV revenue, but, you know, ticket sales and stuff like that at the game, sure, they're going to sell out. It's, a, it's an in-state game. They always do. But to me, you get rid of these games, then you have room for you know, one or two more rounds in the playoffs. I would love to see a 16 round playoff. I think that you is kidding me? Playoffs? Plenty enough. You have nobody getting snubbed. You can even go to eight, in my opinion. I mean, surely, you know, if you're the number nine team and you get snubbed, there's a reason you were the number nine team, you know, but it's even then, if it was eight teams, you're still going to have somebody that's, you know, 12 and 0 and get snubbed, like a UCF or something like that. You know, it's going to happen. And it's going to be bad. And they're going to go crown themselves a national championship and throw themselves a parade. like. <laughs> Good God. What a fucking joke. Let me put that out there on the pilot that UCF, your paper champions, you're trash. Okay. But anyway. Only uh, reason I remember that is because the, the following year they played LSU in the bowl game and got slapped. Got just boat raced. But uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it. There's always going to be somebody crying that they didn't get in, okay, when they thought they deserved it. And honestly, 
now that they're proposing it to go to 12, you know, you've got the five power conferences, the conference champions get an automatic bid. Okay. And then you got the best group of five team and six at large. I mean, the best group of five team, that's a joke to me. I mean, why, why in God's name would you just hand a playoff bid to somebody who literally didn't play anyone all season? Playoffs? Just because they're the highest ranked. It's like, oh, well, here's a free pass to the playoffs since you got snubbed the last, you know, six years or seven years, whatever. It's, it's lame. I don't like it. That's, that's one negative effect to it, I think, is just we're going to give people free passes. And I think that's bullshit. Yeah. What about the students? You know, what about the students and the players for those teams? You know, let's, let's say there was a team that went 12 and 0. And yeah, they didn't have a, a, a great schedule, but if they played some respectable teams and went undefeated, you know, they're going to feel wrong. You know, they're going to feel like they were wronged by that. Um, it's a slippery slope, man. You, I don't think they'll ever be able to please everyone. And it's, and it all goes back to, like you said, it all goes back to money. At the end of the day, it's about money, which I don't know if you want to add anything else to this, but this is kind of a nice segue into the, uh, the recent court ruling on name image likeness. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can definitely move into that. That and that's like you said, it's it's about money and the bottom line. Teams like Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Texas, they spend big money every year. You know, I mean, Texas A&M did a four hundred eighty million dollar renovation on their stadium. I mean, they spend hundreds of millions of dollars on their football programs, and that's why they're good. That's why they're the best. You know, and Cincinnati. And UCF, they don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to spend on football. So you kind of get what you pay for. It sucks for those teams, but it is what it is. Uh, how about Kavanaugh just sticking his dick in the NCAA's mouth and saying, this is not fair. What do you think about it? Yeah. See, to me, what caught my attention the most with that ruling is I think the NCAA actually went in there thinking they had a chance with this. Like, I think they legitimately thought that it would be a split court. They would be able to win this over. But in today's society, to have a court rule 9 0 on something. <sighs> abysmal. You know. Well, what I, lo- what I love about it is guys like Emmerich, you know, now he's like backing it, like, oh, this is a great thing for the players. When, you know, that's total bullshit that, you know, the NCAA headquarters, those people, as soon as the doors close, they're like, those motherfuckers, they got us, they took all our money, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're sure. not they're not in favor of it, but of course they're gonna come out publicly and say, Oh yeah, we're so glad for the players. Yeah, what a bunch of horse shit. Yeah. I just want to quote what Kavanaugh what Kavanaugh said after after the ruling. You know, quote, nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. And under ordinary principles of antitrust law, it is not evident why college sports should be different. The NCAA is not above the law. So to me, this is actually a win for the NCAA because they, in my opinion, could have been indicted on some serious charges here and had to pay a lot of back taxes on that. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. People like Johnny Football, Reggie Bush, they're all pissed off and they want their Heismans back and they want this, that and the other. You know, a lot of people are scratching their head going, why the fuck can't I get some money now? You know, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's any way you could do that, but. Yeah. Now, while this is a, is a huge positive for the players and rightfully so, I mean, over the years, they've made more and more money with 
you know, the rise of social media and, and the internet's just going wild these days. I mean, you can watch any game you want, pocket, you know, on your phone. Um, they can actually profit off of that and, you know, start to make money off their talent. My issue is with, is with it is probably the obvious ones, but this has to go through the states as well. So if all states don't get on board with this, and you know there's always going to be one or multiple in this case, if they don't get on board with this, you're going to end up with pay-to-win conferences, basically. I mean, the talented kids that, let's say, would be you know a backup quarterback as a freshman and would stick around and and wait for his shot as a as a junior redshirted or or a senior, they're not going to go to these lesser schools and play for four years. They're going to go to these schools and make the big money. So all of the talent is going to be stacked up into a few conferences, and it's going to be worse than it already is. You're going to have your superpower conferences. You know, um, I think it's going to tarnish the sport. I think it's going to be less entertaining. You'll have less competitive games. Uh, that's that's just my thoughts. What do you think? Well, I heard a quote today from a former Kentucky player, and I didn't get enough of it to hear who it was, but he said, uh, this is the death of college football as we know it. And I don't know that I fully agree with him. Um, I think it's kind of back to what, it brings me back to two things. One, what you said, what Kavanaugh, what, what you quoted Kavanaugh saying about it's a um, fair market value. Like what determines a college football player's fair market value? You know, how Whatever good somebody's willing to pay him. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that, you know, it's not like the NFL where it's how good you play or, you know, whatever. I, I mean, I, I think basically what it's going to do, it's going to create what they're trying to do. It seems to me like is create an NFL with not as good of talent, if that makes sense. And I don't think that's going to be a very good product to watch. Now, I don't think anyone gets hurt by a kid going out and making a thousand bucks to sign autographs. I think it's good for the fans. It's good for the kid. And, you know, it gives the school more recognition. And all those things are good. But <laughs> when you got Bo Nix signing a deal with Milo's Sweet Tea at 12.01 a.m. on Twitter, you know the shit's already been going on. It's already Absolutely. been in the works. So it, it's basically like the NCAA has just said, fuck it. You guys figure it out. We're just going to roll the dice and whatever happens, happens. Now, my biggest worry is some of these kids man i hope they've got some fucking good mentors and agents because they, <laughs> some of them are gonna not pay their taxes and get completely fucked over by it yeah it's um i don't know i think college football as we know it will never be the same if if this you know i say if when this gets out of hand because it will uh my only question about it that i'm not sure about this is will universities be able to use funds within the system to pay kids i think we'll get to that eventually i think eventually they will have to you know because in our current culture it's all about fucking inclusion everybody's got to get a piece of the pie so i think eventually they'll come up with something to give all the players but there again because you're gonna have some jealousy in the locker room possibly you know you're over here busting your balls at practice every day getting the shit kicked out of you and you know so and so over there is making twenty million or whatever it's going to be, you know, or twenty thousand, whatever, and you're not, you're making next to nothing, and you're putting out the same amount of effort, same amount of work. You're going to want to get compensated, you know, accordingly. So, 
I think it's going to become, in my opinion, teams like Alabama, you know, Oregon. Oregon's got Nike behind them, obviously. But teams like Alabama, Florida, LSU, the big dogs, they're going to start making partnerships with companies. You know, um, a company in Miami um, just offered to sponsor the entire football team. $6,000 a piece is what those kids are going to get. I mean, the entire team, all 96 scholarship players are getting six grand a piece. <laughs> so, mm. and yeah, I mean, that's no joke. So eventually these schools are going to want a piece of that pie and they're going to start, you know, using it as a recruiting tool. Hey, you come to LSU or you come to Ohio State, we're in bed with this company and we'll get you a fucking endorsement and, a, you know, a T-shirt deal or a whatever kind of deal, whatever company it is. And it'll be used as a recruiting tool, and the rich will just get richer, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, now, this isn't just for NCAA football. I mean, this is all sports, right? So it, it's going to build resentment within conferences. It's going to build resentment within teams. Like you said, in the locker room, that's, that's going to fuck up your chemistry. I mean, it just is. You don't have everybody working towards a common goal now. You're going to have these players, you know, you're... Uh, Let's say like uh, Joe Burrow, right? Let's say Joe Burrow was the the big dog, right? He's getting paid the most at LSU. And I'm just using that one because that's my team. And let's say they lost a game. They didn't make the playoffs. Joe decides, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take it easy on this play because if I get hurt, I'm going to lose this money and I'm going to lose this deal. Do we think that has something to do with or what we could see in the future? You know, like kind of like NFL players after they get paid, they don't play as hard. Well, you see it all the time in baseball too. You know, guys, I mean, they'll, their contract season, they'll play their asses off and hit 50 homers. And as soon as they get paid 300 million, they take a year or two off, you know. So I think it's only human nature for something like that to happen. Um, but that being said, I, it's going to kill most of the team game because I talked to a, I talked to a guy I used to work with. And he's good friends with a uh, a former Mississippi State defensive lineman. I won't name any names, but he uh, he plays in the NFL now. And he talked to him, and he said that what this guy told him, you know, he said nobody in the NFL cares about what team they play for, whether they win or lose. He said all they care about is increasing their own personal brand and how much they get paid. And I think that's the direction college sports is headed. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd push back a little bit on that. I wouldn't say everybody, all they care about is their brand and what they get paid. I mean, how many times you see a player like, I mean, this is maybe it's, it's different because his wife's a supermodel, but look at Tom Brady. How many times did he take a pay cut in New England to get the guy that he needed to get that next Super Bowl? He wants to win. He's wants, he wants a legacy, right? And he's willing to give up money. But I guess it's a bad example because his wife is worth more than he is. Well, that and, you know, it's easy to take a pay cut when you're making $35 million And you're like, well, I'll take a pay cut to $29 million. I mean, the guy's got more money than he could ever spend in three lifetimes. So, yeah. easier to take a pay cut when your wife is worth more than you and you're already making that much. But yeah. principle-wise, I understand what you're saying. I don't disagree with Aaron you. Aaron Rodgers is a good example of what you're talking about, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, what a shit show in Green Bay. God, I can't believe that. Yeah. 
I don't know how you piss that guy off bad enough to not want to play for your fucking team, but then whatever. Anyway, we're getting off topic, but anyway, he's, he's you kind of seen that building for a while though, you know? Um, but yeah, name, image, likeness. It's, um, t- stay tuned because there's a lot to come down the pipe with this. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It's going to be a, com- it's going to be a complete shit show is what it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, that's what, at least that's what it is right now. There's just, I mean, I saw, I, th- I kind of laughed about it. I, I thought it was funny. Matt Corral, you know, old Mrs. Quarterback, he put out there that, you know, for business inquiries, an hour of his time is worth $10,000. And I'm going, but Matt Corral, 10,000 bucks. Like, I don't know that I would pay $10,000 for an hour of his time. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe Devontae Smith, maybe Justin Fields, maybe people like that are worth that much. But Matt Corral, come on, dog. You ain't even in the Heisman race yet. Like, yeah. I mean, set your price. I hear you. You know, it's good, but yeah. It's also kind of laughable to me. I'm going, I don't think anybody's going to pay that, but maybe they will. Who knows? But you know, I don't know if you if you saw what uh, Jim Harbaugh said about this um, with his Walmart khakis. He said, "I think the fair oh, thing God. to do would be not to restrict football players to have to stay in college for three years. They can turn pro at any point. They can be drafted after their freshman year. They can be drafted after the sophomore year, their junior year, senior year. I would also make that rule that if they weren't drafted, they could return to college. So you mm. can go in there and let people roll the dice, take a shot at the money." And come back to college. What do we think about that? Well, I guess I don't have a too big of a problem with a guy putting his name out there, but they've already got, you know, I mean, they can't predict everything that's going to happen, but they already have an NFL draft advisory board that players who are draft eligible submit their names to. And if those people tell them, yeah, we think you're going to get drafted, then they can put their name in the hat. I mean, that already exists, but. You know, they can't predict everything. They could say, yeah, you're going to be a fifth round draft pick and then they don't get drafted at all because of injuries or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel for those guys that happens too, but there's also a lot of people that say, well, if you get drafted in the sixth or seventh round, it's actually a better deal to be an undrafted free agent because then you can pick from several teams. You know, you might get drafted by a shitty team in the seventh round. Now you're not making any money and you're on a shitty team. Yeah. And something else that I, that I think people aren't thinking about and no one really takes this aspect seriously because they're just so wrapped up in the, in the sport of things, but students that are playing college football, most of these kids are on a scholarship. If you're playing for a big school, you're on a scholarship, you're getting a college education for free. And a lot of people don't take that aspect seriously. And a lot of the players don't take it seriously, but that's, a, that's an important thing in life. Because you're not going to be at the top of your game playing football your entire career. Very few, uh, a lot of people don't realize this either. Very few people who actually get drafted stay in the NFL and make enough money to not have to work again. So I feel like if you, <laughs> oh yeah, if you let players, I think the leave, average NFL career is like two and a half years or something like that. The average, yeah. I mean, it's talking about the 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 mid, yeah, because there's very few players that that stick around for more than seven or eight years, you know. Um, yeah, and the amount, the amount of money that they would actually make in the NFL, I mean, what they would make in college is fucking peanuts compared to that. And also, their college deals are going to stop. You're only going to get it for as long as you're in college. You know, you can partner with 
who the fuck ever company, but it's not going to matter once you declare for the draft, your deal's done, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least that's what I, I would think that's how it's going to go. Maybe the, I don't think they're going to give these kids lifetime deals, you know? Yeah. You know, and uh, like paying college athletes, it wouldn't solve the real problem. In my opinion, American amateur sports system is broke in general, I think. Please expand on that. What do you mean by broken completely? <laughs> the NBA, they're required to be at least 19. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's all kind of rules that, you know, most players have no real amateur sport option. And those who would rather not go to college have no other established feeder system to make it to a professional team. You know, I, I, I feel like the, the everything is just tilted heavily in favor of football. You know, like... Baseball is so, so difficult to go pro. Um, you, you know, there's so many minor league teams and you'll stay on a minor league team forever. I just feel like all of the money is going to flow to college football. And that's what I mean when it's broken. Yeah. Like the money's not going to flow around. It's, it's going to go to one place and it's going to build resentment. Yeah, and you're not wrong, but you know, I'll quote uh, Coach Winters from the program, the best fucking football movie ever made. He's like, when's the last time 80,000 people showed up? To see a goddamn, I forget what he said, a chess game or something like that. But, you know, that that's where the money's at. So I can't say, you know, I blame the system for all the money flowing to that because that's just, it's the most exciting game in our country, I think. Yeah. I guess what I was, what I meant to get at with my original point is like, I feel like we need an amateur feeder system in all of our sports, not just baseball. Like baseball, they utilize that system a lot. Like they'll call up players, send them back down all the time. You don't have that in base in basketball. You don't have it in football. Um, if someone's good enough, why do they have to go to college and, and get drafted that way? If if somebody's, you know, if if they went to high school and they were top of their game and they just couldn't cut it in college and they didn't want to go to school and then they trained hard two years later, they decided they want to go to NFL. Like, put them in a feeder system, you know, and I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be popular. Well, well, and that's that's the thing. You know, college football in itself, to me, is extremely unique. You know, it's always been unique. It's not, you know, exactly a semi-pro or a feeder system for the NFL. You know, they are getting a college education for free. They do have good situations as it is. You know, people act like, a lot of people act like kids going to college for free is like a bad deal. And it blows my mind. I'm going, not really, because if you save your stipends and you're smart with your money and, you know, your per diem that you give for bowl games and stuff like that, if you save all that money, you can pretty much graduate college with several thousand dollars in your pocket. Even if you're not going to the NFL, you know, it's not a bad deal for these kids as it is. But is it unfair they can't make money off their name? Sure. Yeah. So, I wish there was a way for them to make the money and keep the game unique like it is, but I just don't think there's a way. I think eventually it's going to become like a semi-pro for NFL that's not as fun to watch. Yeah. Once money infiltrates anything, it, it always corrupts it. I don't care what you're talking about. Yeah, you're not wrong. And I don't, You're not wrong. I think uh, class attendance is going to go down too. I'm just saying. You put some money in these boys' pockets and let them, let them flash it around. Tell me they're going to be buying homework, buying tests off a professor, stuffing money in people's pockets. It's going to happen. (laughs) Well, I know the universities, um, 
I know Alabama does it. I'm sure everybody else does too. You know, they send people to the classes to make sure their kids are going to class. Now, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's going on in every school where, you know, kids are getting copies of their tests in advance so they can pass. But, <laughs> but, uh, you're, I, I do agree with you. I think it will. Once these kids get a taste of money, that's going to be it. It's just going to be, we want more and more and more and more. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of worried about where college football will be in 20 years. I don't know if it'll even still be around, but hopefully it's still around and it's still unique and something fun to watch. But in the interim, we get to enjoy, you know, an expanded playoff most likely, and uh, at least what 2025 is when the current contract ends. So we'll get to enjoy that, and hopefully not. Too many of our players will be suspended for making too much money or whatever. I, there's so many unanswered questions with the temporary legislation that the NCAA has put out. But honestly, I think the NCAA is just going to die. I think it's going to go away. I think the conferences and the schools are just going to be like, you know what? Fuck the NCAA. We don't need you anymore. We're going to do our own shit. Mm. Because, I mean, what, pur- what purpose does the NCAA really serve for college football? I mean, they create a lot of the rules around the game and then prevent people from cheating and shooting up and shooting wind straw and steroids and all kind of other shit. I mean, you need some kind of governing body. Well, all the conferences have their own governing bodies, right? So what if I govern my conference differently than you govern your conference? Well, it would have to be an agreed upon thing, you know, right. I mean, and that's, and that's already happening. I mean, honestly, like if the, if the, the big 12 doing something and it's positive for their conference, you already see the SEC, the Big Ten, they'll jump on board and do the same shit. It's like nine conference games. The SEC's a fucking dinosaur and doesn't do it, but every other conference jumped on board as soon as the Pac-12 started doing it. Well, they, you they know, had to. So, they want to get left in the dust, like you said. That's right, and and that's right. So I think if, you know, eventually they're all like, you know what, fuck the NCAA. We're just going to do our own shit. All the big conferences will get together, and it'll be, like you said, superpower conferences. Who's got the most money? Who's whatever? And that's how it's going to go, I think. Mm. Well, to be determined. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap us up for the pilot episode this week. And we'll be back next week. We're going to come in with some, uh, we're going to start doing some conference reviews building up toward the season. I think we're going to start off with the obvious favorite, the SEC. And um, we'll move on from there. Jason, anything you want to add before we close? Oh, uh, no, I think we're good. That uh, I'm just, I'm more excited about college football this year than I have been in a long time because, well, for two reasons. First of all, I don't think we've seen that many good quarterbacks in a season in quite some time. You know, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, all those guys, Mac Jones, all those dudes, all these Heisman candidates. Now, give me a top five in your Heisman race. I mean, I would have to do some fucking research to come up with some names. You know, I mean, the obvious choices are the backups for those guys last year, like Clemson's guy, uh, Uyung Lale. But you have no idea. I mean, so there's so much uncertainty in every major program, you know, that's been national championship contenders here lately. All three of them have got new quarterbacks. It's just, it's going to be wild, man. I'm super excited. Well, that's the best thing about college football. Right. Anybody can win on any day. You know, it's it's a lot harder to manage, in my opinion, college kids 
than it is professional athletes. Professional athletes, if you're not performing, you're out. You know, college, you, you don't have that option to necessarily just cut a really good player because you're, you're going to be losing games if you do, you know. That's right. And you're also paying them to go to school, so you can't really cut people. But um, I don't know why you know, Jameis Winston white- comes to mind. <laughs> oh, Mr. Crab Legs. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of Jameis Winston, off topic here is is he is he still is he going to fucking start for the Saints? I mean, is he still on their team? He is, right? He's going to start for them. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> Jesus, Drew Brees, man, he left y'all in the dust. I feel bad for the Saints fans. Good God, actually, I don't feel bad for him. I'm a you know Atlanta fan, so I don't feel bad for anybody. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Not excited about it. Well, all right, man. That's all I got. All right. We appreciate you, and we hope to catch you back next week. And we're going to have a website up soon. If you want to get in touch with us, you can come to our website, and we'll put that out shortly on the next episode. So stay tuned. Thank you very much. Have a great day.